Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. McDonald to deep left field. Hamilton back at the wall. Off the wall. Welcome to Boston, Darnell McDonald. The Red Sox newest hero. Driven to deep left center. Way back and gone. First as a Cub for Darnell McDonald. So imagine if we could... Uh focus on the baseball or focus on anything that we're doing that's a superpower so this is superpower that we have we can develop this skill of being present being in the moment high drive deep left he's got another deep far and very gone Arnold McDonald takes him out of the yard and the Red Sox lead it one to nothing What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Calm is a Superpower, a baseball podcast powered by SVA Sport, Set Yaya Sport. Our hope is to be your antidote to anxiety, doubt, and restlessness. We meet you on your journey and support you as you learn how to lean into your mind and find that oasis from the pressures of everyday life. You want to reflect inwards and find yourself at SVA Sport. It is episode number three of the podcast. With your hosts, Jack and D-Mac, do we have a special treat for you today? We do. It is Brennan Davis. He's the top prospect in the Chicago Cubs organization, currently at AAA Iowa with the Cubs down there. We are on the brink of seeing him play for the Chicago Cubs at the major league level at Wrigley Field. So stay tuned for that here in this 2022 season for Big B. Brennan Davis, the kid's only 22 years old. He's older, or he's younger than me, excuse me. And the kid has the uh, discipline, the tenacity, the mentality, and the intuition to potentially be a Major League Baseball player this this upcoming season. And he's only 22 years old, has gone through the ranks of the Cubs organization, was uh, a second-round draft pick by the Chicago Cubs a few years back, a guy that Darnell mentored as a mental skills coach with the Chicago Cubs. And speaking of DMAC, I do want to give him a special shout-out. Congratulations to our co-host Darnell McDonald on being inducted into the Colorado High School Hall of Fame class of 2021, the Colorado High School Activities Association, to be exact. One of five members inducted in the 2021 class uh, this season in their Hall of Fame. He uh, well, well deserved a full circle moment for DMAC uh, on April 20th, 2022, being enshrined into the Colorado High School Activities Association Hall of Fame. So congrats to Darnell McDonald on that uh, uh momentous night that he had and huge achievement so without further ado it is episode three of the podcast presented by sva sport a baseball podcast with a baseball co-host and a baseball guest it is mr brennan davis on episode three enjoy ladies and gentlemen i want to learn learn more about uh kind of like your your path to getting drafted in what 2018 went to basha high school did you play any other sports at basha yeah, I definitely played more basketball growing up. I played basketball and baseball. I played like basically everything when I was young, young, but at Basha, I played basketball and baseball. I ended up winning my my junior year, 2017 state championship for basketball. Um, so that was pretty fun. That was a good, was a good group of guys we had. Um, 
our baseball team was always pretty good too, but we could never really pull it together in the playoffs. But definitely would say I played more basketball growing up. Did you get offers to play basketball? I kind of made the decision before offers were solidified, but I was Probably, talking a lot yeah. of my junior year. But there nothing. It was nothing compared to what I was like the attention I was getting for baseball, and I'd played baseball half the amount of time, so I was like. I could probably be good at this if I tried a little harder. Right. So it was made up in your mind, like, beforehand, like, even if you got offers, it's like, baseball is my one love. Yeah, I mean, I it was, it was definitely two loves, but I was – it came down to I wanted to be great at one sport and not just good at two sports. So that's kind of what the decision was. So you say you, you didn't play in cold weather until now, you know, growing up in Chandler – playing all year round you know you get to compete all year round I grew up back east in Jersey you know I'm not a great athlete but like when you're not playing six months out of the year it doesn't help either so what was it like I guess growing up in Chandler like Darnell was saying you know going to Basha High School having some of those experiences and then correct me if I'm wrong committing to the University of Miami before you end up getting drafted yeah, I mean, I, I really didn't realize how lucky I was living in Arizona until I see this part of the country because it is frigid over here. And I can I couldn't imagine, like, not being able to go outside because it's so cold in the winter. Like, in the winter, you just put a long sleeve on in Arizona, and it's like you complain that it's cold, but it's really, like, 50 degrees. <laughs> so I got really lucky, and to be able to play sports year-round is awesome. and. I did commit to the University of Miami, but for good, for went that opportunity in 2018. So I think it would have been an awesome, awesome place to go, go learn and develop as a baseball player and get an education. But I thought my best developmental opportunities were going to be with the Cubs. So that's the opportunity I went with. I mean, you're surrounding yourself with veterans and actual professionals where like you would get probably a great experience at Miami, but it does not compare if you have an opportunity to get drafted and drafted high, like you did. Yeah. And the other thing was like, I wanted to take into account, like I, I was a pretty raw baseball player and I, I needed to go through some bumps and bruises and in college baseball, if you're not producing, you don't play. So hmm. I, I didn't want to get put in a position where I was like, worried if I was going to play every day because I needed to produce or if I was just in a situation to get better and improve as a baseball player. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the mature way of looking at it. Like I can't believe you're only 22 years old, man. I, I looked at that. I'm, I reached out to you. I'm like, he's gotta be like 25, 26. I'm like, Oh no, he's, he's younger than I am. That's nuts. And you have that mentality. It's great. I love, like, honestly, I love that because you, I feel like you have your life structured, like you work your ass off. And at the same time, it's paying off for you in a way where you can kind of navigate where you want to go, you know, pending any sort of like, obviously unforeseen injuries or anything that might happen, trades, et cetera, anything like that. But like, how, how do you navigate? How did you navigate early on? You know, because this is a podcast more based on, you know, mentality and how you got there, you know, coming up in youth sports as well. Like, what were some of the things that you learned early on that allowed you to have that, you know, mature mentality early on? Yeah, I, I would definitely say I, I got really lucky and had some really good um, figures and mentors in my life and 
people that gave me really good advice along the way. So I definitely can't take any of the credit that I was just like woke up one day and I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I definitely picked people's brains and learned learned what they've been through and what they thought about stuff. And I, I built my own opinions around that. But I definitely took a lot of stake in, in those opinions because I trusted them. So I'd say that just having a good group and a lot of good people in my corner are the reason I am the way I am today. Emac, would you feel the same way in that aspect with your life? Because again, coming up, I know you gave like, obviously, and Brennan, you could attest to this as well, giving a lot of credit to your mothers as well for the way you guys were raised. Like, what was the kind of mentality for you, DMAC, growing up and then eventually getting drafted by Baltimore in 96? Man, I was, uh, it was like the wild, wild west. Just, you know, you get thrown into the real world. Like, here you go, it's business. So I was really, I was like, to see, to hear your your take on that, Brennan, was like, man, the because I never thought about it like that. Like the college, if I don't, if I don't produce, I'm not gonna play. So being, you know, being a first rounder, being a prospect, right? Obviously you're gonna get a lot of opportunity. Um, I don't know, man. It was, it was really, it was tough for me, right? It was tough. I was, I was all in these new places, traveling to these new towns, these, you know, minor league towns. Um, I think uh, 97 or 98 might've been the first time I got a cell phone. I didn't know about roaming. I, I, the first cell phone bill was like $1,200. I was like, okay, well, probably won't be using this on, on the bus rides. Um, but just to hear, like, man, how mature and the, the insight that you have, Brennan, um, it's crazy. And I, I love that about the, the young guys coming up. And I was going to ask you, because you kind of, you kind of, your trajectory has been, but you haven't gone back any levels. It's, you know, you pretty much just continue to, to climb and, and kind of, you know, take what's given to you. What, what was, uh, you know, the biggest challenges that you've been through, you know, going from high school to pro ball? Yeah, um, I would probably say the biggest challenges I've had are, like, knowing myself as a player and knowing what makes me good because it's like they have all the analytics and can pick out what makes you, like, what you can improve on and what, what like, what makes you a bad player but like you got to this point for a reason and it's because you do something better than a lot of other people can do and you got to remember that that's the reason that makes you special and make sure that that's you don't lose that because like you get so caught up in trying to make everybody happy and fill all the holes and be the perfect player but like I don't know it's just because there's there's some times when I was making swing changes and and I was like, this is, this is dumb. I, I don't, I don't like the way I'm impacting the ball. I don't like what, like, I, I don't think this is the kind of hitter I should be. And then once I figured out the, the, the player I wanted to be, and that really made things a lot easier because it, it really helped me figure out a path that I wanted to refine. And there's always room for improvement. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just continuing to be, good at what you're good at and then build off of that is kind of where 
where my head is at. I mean, that's something that Darnell has preached to me like multiple times, like doing, being like specific in your role, not worrying about anything else because like everybody else has to contribute and do their job, you know, like yeah. that, that, that's really cool to hear because I mean, you've probably had experiences, especially in youth ball where like things weren't going your way and you're getting frustrated. Like what was like your early on mentality? How did you like stay calm in big moments like that? Whether it be at the youth level or, you know, now with the Cubs, you know, winning a championship in minor league ball, like the ups and downs that come with it, traveling, you know, having an off day today, going from hotel room to hotel room to hotel room. Like what, what, are, what are some of the, uh, the stresses that you deal with and how do you stay calm in those? Um, I would, I would definitely say that I got this from my, my high school coach. He, he always said, detach yourself from the current situation. So like, let's say a tough at bat comes up or like runners on late in the game, like stressing about scoring those runners really isn't going to help you have a better at bat. So trying to take each at bat as a separate entity knowing that you need to do a job and like have a plan but like kind of removing yourself from the situation and just letting whatever happens happens because you you put in the work you can only do so much and if you, you you start pressing for like a hit or something that stuff usually never works out so that's kind of my take on things and if you trust your work that you put in beforehand then stuff should take care of itself what would you say is the most like pressurized moment that you've had since being drafted and playing professional baseball? Pressurized. Um, I would have to say the biggest stage was probably the futures game. And the uh, biggest moment was probably the 2019 playoff run we had, because those are the only games that have really really mattered <laughs> do you feel pressure in those moments though like futures game like you win the mvp then there's just like oh like this kid has a huge future he's a top prospect top prospect in our organization like that's something you feel or is that something you just brush off you feel like i have to do my job every day i can't worry about yeah, that. I mean, the prospect title is it's a testament to my hard work and i appreciate it but it really doesn't mean it doesn't hold that much weight i'm not trying to be a prospect i'm trying to be a big leaguer so that's kind of how that is for me. Brandon, can you take us through your, uh, your pitch routine? You know, I was watching a spring training game. I was really impressed how, like, I'm sorry, Jack, I think there's still that static. But uh, can you take us through kind of like how you get in and out of the box? I loved how intentional you were with everything you were doing. Yeah, and the thing that stinks is they're doing all these rule changes. I have five seconds to get back in the box and be ready to hit. So my entire routine is absolutely screwed up right now. But it, it honestly makes me pretty mad. But <laughs> So, like, everything I've done for the past three years, I have to change. But normally I would take a step out. I would take a deep breath, think about the count, think about what he's trying to do to me. And then I'd look at, I I'd look at my bat, look at the label, pick a letter, and stare at it for probably a second or two, and then take a deep breath, get back in the box, and have a plan. So that was kind of my pre-pitch routine. 
right now it's <laughs> so tell me so what happens what happens like five so who the umpire is counting five seconds and if you're not back in the box in five seconds what what yeah. happens so it's it's five seconds with a runner on nine seconds when there's nobody on there's like that the, the shot clock that starts at 20 when the pitchers are on the mound so they go off of that so like if i'm not ready to go by the allotted times it's an automatic strike called on me wow so the most important time runners on base where you make your living right and yeah. we're gonna give you five seconds to, to do that yep they're like hey like get in the box get ready interesting well i know you are uh man you're really gifted i know you know you'll make the adjustment um taking what you just said condensing that down taking that breath give yourself a plan get back in there you know there's different things that i know that you you know like you've done your entire career you just continue to adjust and evolve um that's really one thing that I have, like with what's going on with baseball, like, man, really, why do we have to have all these different oh, changes, you know? All coming from the TV companies and people who don't play baseball, so they don't care. What, what, else, what else do you have, like some of the rules are, are, are yeah, cause I know they try things in the minor leagues first, see if they work and then maybe implement them in the, uh, uh, major leagues is there anything uh that's really crazy that's going on right now they have a two pickoff rule so you can only you can only disengage from the rubber as a pitcher twice and if you do it a third time and you don't get the guy out it's an automatic balk and he advances the base so like you can't you the only way you can hold runners really is by holding holding your timing but you have to throw the ball by the time the clock hits zero so there's like it's i i don't really get it they they're just they're taking the aspect of like baseball away and it's turning into pitch and hit so i don't know there's a few the other fans, rules but. that's designed for the average fan like the people that truly love baseball and for those of you guys who are actually competing and making it your living you know it, it takes so much away i feel like like yesterday i saw this highlight it was like kenley jansen didn't get his uh amount of warm-up pitches he wanted wanted in he only threw three pitches and then the umpire stood in front of the in front of the plate and didn't let him throw anymore because he ran out of time and he threw three warm-up pitches. And I'm like, that's just, you're going to get somebody hurt. I don't care about the clock. The guy needs to warm up. He's a big leaguer. Let him do his routine. It's just crazy. I don't, I don't understand yeah. it. Yeah, it is. That's insane. And that, that's a big league, big league ball game. And this is how people make a living. I can't imagine, um, you know, any other occupation where they're like, man, hurry up. You got to go. Let's go. Like, yeah you know, a surgeon or someone doing surgery or, you know what I'm saying? Like, this yeah. is what makes you living. Like, and the people that appreciate the game and, uh, you know, the game is the game. Like, let's, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't even like, want to get into that. Like, all that stuff. That's how crazy it is to see that happen. Like, umpire, you can't throw any more warm-ups. Stop. Let's go. Yeah. What? Just to try to speed the game up. 
Have you met any, like, do you have, like, any of your teammates or anybody that you've played with actually enjoy the new setup, or is everybody on board with, like, this is just disrupting everything? Yeah, no, I don't think any player really likes it. So, it's front off. It's, it's, it's everybody else that make the decisions probably like it. <laughs> so, that's one more thing that you got to think about when you step out of the box is, like, okay, I got to get back in here at five seconds. Are you, do you keep your eye on, is the clock in like center field or? Yeah, it's in center field. I, I try to just have a mental clock because it just make me mad if I looked at the clock every time because it's not even time to think. There you Step go. Out, do your own, do my mental cues and then get back in. Yep. So you could actually like strike out in an at bat if you take too much time. So like if you're not in by five seconds, it's a strike. Correct. That's honestly the perfect analogy too, Dmac. Like if a surgeon was rushed, like give them five, ten seconds to make an insertion. Like you're you're screwed. You're hurting yourself, and you're hurting the guy that you're, you're doing the operation on. Like there's no, there's just like if it doesn't, if it is a universal negative for the players for your players like i don't understand how you could keep that going yeah i just think okay amateur baseball yeah let's do that like high school college but when you're making a living like this is how you make your living your family um i i I definitely don't think that's something that should be rushed right um someone like an artist a painter like you don't rush that like you don't know, say, okay, man. You can you can you can perform a concert, but we need this concert done at such and such time. Like, man, like it's not yeah. that it's everything that happen overnight. I think I think it's crazy. I don't I don't I don't think they did a good job with that one at all. Do we think it sticks over time? Because again, like I do specifically think it was designed for fans alike to speed up the process because everybody complains about pace of play, but if you are a ball player and the most important thing is that we touched on is that you are making a living doing this at the professional level. You know, you're doing it because you worked your ass off your entire life to get there. And now you're being told of all these rule changes that really speed up your process and mess with the mental state of the game, you know, your preparation, the things that you do to get ready. Like, do you think this is something that unfortunately will stick or do you think that the, universal negativity that it comes from the players that you guys will be able to uplift that thing. I'm not a hundred percent, but I think it's something that like the CBA agreed on during the negotiations. So I think it probably will come, come in like 2023 when they finalize it, if they let it happen. I don't know though. I, it's above my head. Just got to make an adjustment. Just think so. Cause like you've been doing something the same way for so many years and then, I feel like when I take a bad swing now, I just have to get back in the box. Like, I don't have time to, like, whew, get out of my system. Like, I don't love it, but some people might. So we'll have to create a routine, a five-second routine for you, and uh, that you can start practicing maybe today on your off day. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, man, we're going to just continue to – adapt adjust and uh yeah not even not not even you know not even let that affect us man um 
I mean, kind of on another note, I'm always interested in, did you have any favorite players growing up or anyone that like you wanted to emulate? And uh, like, how did you get into baseball? Um, I would definitely say guys like Lorenzo Cain were guys that I, I thought that were really, really awesome growing up, like Dexter Fowler. I wasn't, I mean, I was a D-backs fan, so I was too young when they were good. And then when they weren't good, <laughs> I was of the age of watching sports. So I don't really have a ton of, a ton of guys like that, but got into baseball just because I don't really know. I've been playing it forever. It's kind of like I played every sport and then I just really enjoyed basketball and baseball. So those are kind of the two sports that stuck. I was pretty good at baseball. I think I peaked in little league. I was an absolute menace, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's kind of, I think I started at age five playing like T-ball like every other kid. So I've been playing for a long time. Did you have any other hobbies growing up? Like if this didn't, you know, pan out for you early on, was there like any, you know, things that you'd be interested in pursuing? This is what I did, man. I, I played sports. So that was my goal to make it happen. And I, I was going to figure out a way to, way to, way to do it. See, that's, that's the best approach to have, because if you have a plan B, like all of a sudden you put it in your head, like, oh, I got a fallback plan, if anything else, you know, yeah. like you didn't have a plan B. So like, if like literally had nothing else to do, like what are some like of the, like the hobbies that you have? Uh, I, I saw in a Cubs video that they put out of you, you know, and all the prospects earlier this year of you, you know, just being home in Chandler, you know, you know, with the animals and just kind of relaxing, you know, like what are some of the things that like give you a sense of calmness and a, a sense of clarity when you're like going through all the stresses of being a pro baseball player? Yeah. Like I said, I, I have, a, I have a really nice support system and my family is a big part of that. So anytime I can spend time with my family and my dogs and animals, it's, it's really a breath of fresh air because I'm always gone for so long. So I like to spend as much time with them as I can. When was the last time you were home? Oh, I just left. So it's been like two and a half weeks, maybe three weeks. So that's oh, so you guys are just, just starting out. Just started, yeah. What's your favorite place? I know you, you like to travel. What's your favorite place that you, you've been? I went to Tulum, Mexico this past off season, and that place was sweet. Had a really good time there. What was your what was your favorite what was your favorite uh part about that? I just liked how like different it was. Like I've been to Mexico before, but like it was it was like there's so many different aspects and it it was pretty Americanized, but like they had a lot of their culture and like their artwork throughout the city and I don't know, the people were really nice and the food was really good. The I mean, I know it's cliche, but the best street tacos I have ever had. I think I had them probably six times while I was there. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. I, it was just. I also went with a good group of friends, so we we just had a good time. It was a it was a it was a nice way to get away and decompress and just be on vacation with people like people you love and people people you were really genuinely happy to be around. So, 
And the guy's only 22 years old, man. It's un unbelievable. Like, so these are all the things I wish that I'd learned when I was 22, you know, how to like decompress, you know, whether it's the off season or um, in season, um, having these routines. Have, you're like, man, I, you know, I have my routine and now I can't do it. You know, when I was your, I didn't have a routine. It was like, my routine was just, you get tired of failing, you'll try something else, you know? But now you're able to like through these routines and these processes kind of expedite that development process. And is this something, I know you mentioned your high school coach, like at what level did you start kind of doing some of the mental training? I would definitely say not until like early pro ball, like some of the mental stuff that the Cubs presented us, obviously really made me start thinking about it. And then, I don't know, you start to struggle and you try to do some, some new stuff. And I was like, why don't I try this? Cause like, it's not a, it's not a linear path. So there's definitely bumps, bumps in the road. So it kind of takes a little failure to really buy in to something. So that's kind of where I was at. It wasn't like I was really struggling, struggling, but I wanted to give myself the best chance to succeed. So that's kind of that's kind of why it all it all started. I had little mental mental tips along the way, obviously, from like um, one of my old hitting coaches and like my high school coach and my mom for sure. My mom's big on mental mentality and being mental mentally strong so that was kind of a core reason for it too oh baby mom what does she yeah. what does she tell you like when you're say like you know you're, you're down or you're, you're you know you're having a rough rough patch what, what is some of one of your some of your mom's advice that she gives you yeah so she'll she'll send me like a thought of the day every day and she knows like she probably watches 70% of my games. So she knows when I'm struggling and when I'm not, not in the best mood. So she'll, she'll always send me something to lift me up and keep your head up, help a teammate today. God's with you. Lola. All, all the stuff that, that you sometimes forget. And it's nice to get little subtle reminders of. What would you say was like the biggest tough love moment that your mom ever gave you growing up? Because again, like you have a very mature mentality when it comes to a lot of things, and it was probably shaped because of her, let alone you know some other people. What, what would you say was like the biggest tough love moment? Tough love moment, probably when she said, "We don't have a college plan. You're gonna have to figure it out." <laughs> yes, man, I love that. That's the same, same for me. My parents, same thing. Like, look, man, we we don't have money for you to go to college, so let's find something you love and you know you can get it let's dive into it and get it get a scholarship and i know you mentioned that man there wasn't i didn't have a plan b I just found that same thing i think it was like third grade where it clicked for me and i was like i'm gonna be a professional something i don't know what sport it's gonna be but this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna play sports <laughs> yeah like when did it click for you and then you had that i had that moment then another moment of um you know part of the development when you get to the big leagues or maybe before like knowing that I can play here right mm -hmm. yeah I mean I would say it probably clicked early on like that too in elementary school so 
fourth, fifth, sixth grade, kind of when you see yourself separating from the kids in your classes and like, you're like, I'm pretty good at being an athlete and it's, it makes me feel good being good. So I'm going to do this forever. What was the competition like growing up? Were you like by far and away more talented than other people or was it kind of like a few kids that you kind of realized like this is a good competitive environment? I would definitely say I had a good, I had a good friend group growing up. I was, I'm around a lot of guys that are still playing. And one of my best friends that I grew up two minutes away is in double A with the Tigers. So we, we competed a lot growing up and we're, we're racing to the big leagues right now. <laughs> you got, it looks like you got him beat right now. I have a little, little head start. Little so he's going to have to catch up. Uh, that's cool though. What, is there anyone on the big league team that's kind of, you know, giving you some, like taking you under the wing or giving you some advice about playing in the big leagues or, you know, I know you've been uh, to spring training, big league spring training, maybe the last couple of years, you know, what have you taken from that? I've taken a lot. I've tried to absorb all I can. I definitely say like, the outfield crew in general has kind of taken me under their wing. They're like very, very open arms and, and happy to, happy to help in any way they can. And like giving me tips, like blah, blah. And Wrigley, the wind blows crazy. Like you got to be able to do this, this and this and all that stuff and stuff that you just wouldn't get from guys who don't have experience like they do. But I don't know. It's when my first spring training is, is kind of like an eye opener. Like these are like superstars when you're young and now they're your peers. So it's, it's kind of like a, an aha moment that you're working your way up in the world and guys that you used to watch on TV are now your teammates. So not teammates, teammates, but like teammates for that game <laughs> per se. <laughs> so it's it's a cool moment and it's been really fun being a part of have you been able to like not necessarily play but like be coached or be mentored by like someone that was like legitimately like a childhood hero per se of yours growing up they would watch on tv that you never thought that one day it'd be like i'm actually like i built a relationship with this guy who i looked up to yeah i mean i wouldn't say coached but i would meeting Ken Griffey was pretty awesome. That's that's a guy that everybody is like, wow. Like when you're younger and you see his swing and you see the way he goes about his business, and it's it's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, winning the Futures Game MVP in front of him couldn't have been bad either. And that's yeah. probably for me too. Wasn't too bad. <laughs> so I know I I noticed you know I saw you when you came in. You got drafted with the Cubs there and. You know, I noticed just like this guy is so athletic, man. And uh, you know, over the couple, last couple of years, seeing you develop, man, you've gained you, you have a swagger about you. You know what I'm saying? And I see you. It's like a it's a, like a quiet confidence. Um, you know, would you say was it was it that there's still this point, man, I'm, where it's like something just clicked, man. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I would say that, I don't know if it's clicked, but I've always, it's, it's more like I've always expected 
myself to have success. So it's not like I'm shocked when it happens because I know I put in the work and I know what it takes and I know I'm a good player. So I don't, I don't know if there's ever one point where I was like, there it is. Like I'm a good player. It's more like, all right, that's what I need to do to be a good player kind of thing. Just because I, I don't know, I'm the hardest person on myself and I set my expectations pretty high. That's interesting because like, obviously to succeed at that level, you have to be hard on yourself. Have you ever been told that you're too hard on yourself and that you need to take oh, a step back? All the time. All the time. Mainly my first few years of pro ball because I was like, this is stupid because I wasn't having all the success I wanted and I was beating myself up. I'd come in after games and be like, something's wrong with my swing. Went over for 4. <laughs> but like, it's just part of it. And so would you want to make an adjustment then? Yeah. Yeah, like I, would want to make, I would want to make an adjustment because I wouldn't want to go before again. And then they would have to talk me out of it and be like, hey, you'll be fine. Just stick with it. And then the game of averages, so everything ends up working out. I mean, one day you're red hot, one day you're ice cold. I, I think we saw the other day, like, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. hit three home runs at Yankee Stadium, and then the next day went 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. Like, yeah. talk about a complete demeanor change. Like, it, it's got yeah. it's an everyday thing that you got to relearn and reprocess and restart. Like, you can't get too high, you can't get too low. Mm -hmm. And the stink, like, the part that stinks about baseball is, like, I bet he felt so good at the plate after coming off that day. Hmm. And then just go 0 for 4 with 4Ks, and you're like, what, what's going on? It's, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the thing about baseball, man. Um, you know, so humbling and it took me a while to learn that, you know, you can't ride the, that roller coaster, man. And just staying even that even kill and same, same thing with being an entrepreneur, doing anything, man, you got to be learn to just stay there. It's not easy, right? It's easier said than done, but again, having these resources or these routines that help you do that, that's, you know, is what I found. And. I mean, is there any like pregame routines or in-game or post-game that like help you get in that zone and stay uh, even kill? Um, I don't know if there's anything crazy, but I definitely like to be consistent with what I do. Like I'll go through the same hitting routine every day. I'll do the same thing off the tee every day. I'll do the same flip types every day. I'll vary in some different stuff like to challenge myself throughout the course of the season, but everything's pretty consistent hitting wise. And then pregame stretch and everything is pretty consistent with like the amount of time we have. And I don't know, I, I'm kind of a creature of habit. So what I do is what I do every day. <laughs> and if it gets messed up, I sometimes get mad that I don't get to do my routine, which is what I'm working on, which is why the pitch clock thing makes me so mad because I'm so used to what I do and just being able to adjust and adapt is kind of a big one for me this year. Now on off days, are you able to take like a mental break? Because you're probably not in a normal routine on an off day, just hanging out and like figuring out like the little things to do, whether it's hopping on a podcast or getting your hair cut or kind of just like relaxing by the pool somewhere. Like 
like on an off day is is your brain turned off or are you still like mentally wired to be like i gotta do something i gotta stay in my routine no i absolutely turned off there's not a thought that goes through my head on an off day <laughs> unless it has to be that's a skill in itself yeah, so i'm good at it <laughs> you take that skill into the box with that five second right just be water my friend Bruce, Bruce, that Bruce, and uh, like I said, that that alone is a skill, um, you know. And being able to kind of like compartmentalize uh, at bats, games, um, you know, the, it gets smaller and smaller. Like maybe go games, and this more experience you get, you get you're able to do at bats. And then pitches. It, oh, see, that's what. <laughs> Yeah, and the guy's on it, man. I, I mean, I can't wait to, to see you roam the outfield, man. You're definitely, you know, the type of guy, type of player to, um, you know, change an uh, organization, man. And not even an organization, like like baseball. You're fun to watch. You got a, 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 I call him all, he's all American, man. Like Abercrombie uh, Fitch, the uh, model. No, no, no. Modeling deals? What do you got? Nope. Nope. Just a baseball player. That's why he was so vague when I asked him about other hobbies. He's like, no, nope, this is it. This is just baseball. That's what he's doing on the side, man. Hollister. You'll find me modeling at your local mall on, on my office. Just to, just to my tidy whities <laughs> Baby, they still, they still have those? You wear those? Tidy whities under your, under your oh, baseball yeah. pants. <laughs> hey, man, well, we don't want to take too much of your off day. I really appreciate you taking, taking some time joining us here, man. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to talk. Oh, yeah, I appreciate you so much, Brennan. Go get your haircut. Do what you got to do. You got anything big planned for the day? Um, Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Probably go to probably go to a nice dinner here tonight. So check out the city. You're young, man. Live it up. Not too much, yeah. you know. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. To an extent. To an extent. Is there is there anything that you you know you're involved in? Or anything that you you'd like people to know about? Um, I'm working on some stuff. I'll uh, I'll have more I'll have more next time we talk. Okay. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.